Welcome to the Special Interest Podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Carly. We are the creators and hosts. As two women who received late autism diagnoses, we are passionate about educating, celebrating, and highlighting autistic identities. This life-changing diagnosis opened a whole new world to us both. Our special interests have been so important in our journey of self-discovery through our autism diagnosis. Special interests provide autistics with an element of regulation, comfort, and support. We want to provide a platform where others can share the joy of their special interests. Our podcast aims to represent diverse autistic identities through an inclusive community where autistic voices are valued, validated, and seen. We're excited for you to join us on our journey of learning and story sharing. Join us weekly as we share about our own experiences and other autistic stories. Welcome back, everyone. So glad you're here. We're on to episode 11. And what are we talking about, Carly? We are talking about meltdowns. But first, how was your week, Alex? My week has been great. I got to enjoy a long weekend this past weekend. And I got to see the band Pretty Late perform live. And their music might sound familiar because they're featured in our intro and our outro. And they're one of my favorite bands. So that was awesome. It was so much fun. And then I just had a few days to relax and rest. And that was so wonderful. Get uh, back on my routine, which was lacking last week. And I really felt the effect of it. So now I'm going into my week renewed and refreshed. How about you, Carly? My week is going well. I've been really busy. I'm starting a job. So I've been getting into the routine for that of just figuring out my schedule, getting things in order for that. I also went back to the farmer's market this past weekend, which is just really enjoyable. It's a lot of good people around and I've been really trying to branch out of my shell a little bit and make more intentional conversations with people that are around me so it's been like good practice to do that and we bought a lot of good fresh food so I've been cooking a lot and yeah I'm still going to the gym and finding enjoyment in that I feel like a strong bitch so you know <laughs> it's going well and um yeah I'm ready to talk about meltdowns (laughs) get it girl I also saw Carly's farmer's market haul and oh my gosh all your stuff looked so good oh my gosh that's so funny I felt inspired to share what I had gotten on my Instagram story and which is also another way for me to just practice speaking to the camera using my voice because one of my creative outlets is sharing And so it's just good practice for me. And I love sharing with people. So 
it was fun. So are you ready to talk about meltdowns now? Or <laughs> do you have anything else to say? I'm ready to talk about. Oh, wait. I guess before we do jump into talking about meltdowns, I did just want to know if you had any hyperfixations or any special interests you want to talk about. I would love to like implement more of that into our shows. So do you have any facts or anything you want to share? I'm sorry to like put you on the spot like that, but if you just had anything, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> so. As you all know, I am still very obsessed with sloths and I love them, but I recently watched a video about beavers from the YouTube channel Animal Logic. And I guess just watching videos about animals has been a hyper focus lately, but beavers especially, they are adorable. And what I find so interesting about them is they create their own ecosystem and they change their environment just like humans do. They literally make little homes for themselves and they influence all of the flora and fauna they surround themselves with, which is so fascinating. That is so cute. I actually saw a video recently on I think it was just like Instagram, one of those reels, and it was a beaver, and somebody for some reason had it in their house. I I don't know if I agree with that or not, but either way, somebody had the beaver in their house, and it was during Christmas time, and the beaver started building its own little dam out of all of the things that were around the house, so they grabbed like a slipper. I think SpongeBob was there, and it was just so funny. It was so cute, and I actually saw a beaver when I was in Colorado out in the wild, and it was so cute. It was so cool, and it swam home to its little dam that it built, and I just loved seeing animals in the wild. So thanks for sharing. That's so cool. I'm happy to hear that you enjoy learning about that. That's like a really special experience to see a beaver in the wild because they're very shy and they are very fast swimmers. So if they see you, they'll just swim away really fast. That's probably why it did swim home because it probably saw me <laughs> swim home after. That's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're hard to see. How about you, Carly? Do you have any new interests or hyper-focuses? So recently I have been obsessed with this one album by Noah Kahan. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but I've been listening to the album Sticks Season on repeat and that has been my recent hyperfixation. Every time I go to the gym, I listen to literally the same album over and over again. I think it's been about three weeks now. And I'll share a couple of my favorite songs in case anybody wants to listen to them. Because one of my love languages is music. And I really connect with people through music. So a couple of my favorite songs. My number one favorite song is Orange Juice. I also really like Halloween and Homesick and Northern Attitude. And I really want to make a list of my favorite songs in order 
of those. And I guess the reason why I think I really am enjoying those right now are because it is talking about New England and just growing up in New England. So I can resonate with a lot of what he's saying. And I don't know, it just speaks to me and it motivates me. And it's probably not typical gym music, but that's what I'm listening to right now. <laughs> Wait, me too. <laughs> I love his new album. Uh, my favorites are Stick Season. I also love Northern Attitude and I love Strawberry Wine. Those are my faves. Yes, I love Strawberry Wine too. That's a good one. So funny. I found him on TikTok and he's like a very impressive musician. Well, that's cool. I found him just from, we had been listening to Pandora during our road trip and whatnot. So we were listening to typically like Mount Joy radio on repeat for many months, which is another one of my favorite bands. And I think that's how I discovered him because his music came up. And then one day I just randomly decided to click on his album because I hadn't really been listening to new music lately. And so that's how I fell upon that. Thanks for sharing. And now we can talk about meltdowns. <laughs> And now we can talk about meltdowns. We just want to preface this episode with a disclaimer that, you know, everybody, every autistic has a different experience. We are speaking from our experiences to, you know, share what we go through. Maybe some people connect to that. Maybe some people relate maybe you don't relate but that if you don't relate it doesn't say anything about your autistic experience because it's different and you know if you know one autistic person you know one autistic person and our goal here is to keep it real so that way people who might be looking or connection, people who might feel alone in their experience, they have something to connect to and maybe anchor with. And just to know that you're not alone in your experience. Maybe it's the same, maybe it's different, but that's our goal in sharing in every episode. So first we want to talk about what a meltdown is. And again, going from our own personal experience, Carly, how would you describe a meltdown? For me, it is a buildup of my emotions, usually the emotions that I want to repress, or if I'm overstimulated, it's suppressing and repressing those feelings and basically having that mask on and just shoving everything under the surface and then all of a sudden something can trigger it or I've just had enough and it feels like I'm a volcano and I just explode and sometimes it's not always I guess outwardly an explosion it can be I might cry or for me, 
sometimes it's an expression of anger, which is sometimes a difficult emotion for me to express. I guess I'm still trying to figure out the best way to express my anger in a healthy way rather than keeping it locked away. And so when I'm having a meltdown, it's basically just an eruption of all of the emotions. And like I said, I can either maybe cry or just shut down. I typically, that's kind of what happens for me. Sometimes I will just like have to be alone. I don't really want people to see me in my meltdowns. And if somebody is in my force of motion, then I typically will go mute or not be able to find the words to talk and express myself. It's really a difficult time and it's super uncontrollable of just being completely overwhelmed and it it can last for hours and then I'm able to sleep on it and maybe process it the next day what about you Alex yeah a meltdown like I agree with what you said it's it's like a build-up usually it's not just one event or a situation that triggers a meltdown. Usually it's a buildup of, you know, a lot of sensory input or wearing my mask for too long, like not having a chance to take it off for like days and just having that like really difficult buildup of emotions or I'm really tired usually I have meltdowns when I'm low on spoons. So if my, if I start my day with only a few spoons and I have a lot on my plate, you know, I have to socialize a lot that will definitely lead to a meltdown at the end of the day, possibly even during my day. I did experience a meltdown just the other day because I started my day low on spoons, very low. I was really tired feeling a lot of emotions. And then I had a very packed day uh, full of a lot of socializing, a lot of like performing and a lot of masking. And uh, during the day, I had a meltdown, which was hard because it was not a situation that I could have a meltdown during. But thankfully, I took some time. I sat in a dark room by myself and cried. And I'm grateful that I had the time and space to process that, but that's just like an example of it happening, but it's, yeah, just like a lot of uncomfortable emotions. It can come from being overstimulated, masking, repeatedly not getting social cues and feeling misunderstood is another huge reason why I have meltdowns uh like when people don't understand me that is like one of the hardest things and that will lead to a meltdown usually like in front of the person uh, a lot of anger and sadness so for you Carly we kind of touched on this already but is there anything you'd like to add about like what happens for you during a meltdown yeah I guess my patterns that I can recognize as I mentioned crying 
just feeling super like overwhelmed and almost like I am gripping onto something and anger like I'm holding on to and I just need to release it so a lot of pressure happens usually in my head and just a lot of tension another pattern for me is I will try to I guess escape the situation like I kind of mentioned like I'll go mute or sometimes I will escape and what that looks like is sometimes like hiding in the bathroom yeah just like trying to get out and it's like not necessarily trying to get away from the situation but it's more so like trying to get away from like myself almost like it's super intense yeah I feel that like while I'm having a meltdown I I don't feel safe in a way like not for like not in a way where like others should be extremely concerned about me, but it's just like, I, it's because I can't, I cannot handle the emotions that I'm feeling and I don't know what to do about it. Like my rational brain isn't working because it's so inundated with emotions and stimuli that like my brain cannot comprehend or register what is happening. And then I start having like, I guess I would call like physical symptoms, like crying and you know maybe stems like hitting or I've like thrown things before and broken them um you know punching things like walls and pillows and things like that um but yeah kind of like I agree with you like escaping the situation and being by myself because it's a very vulnerable state and it's not something that can be controlled. It's really, really difficult to control it if you even can. I like what you said about not necessarily feeling safe. It's almost like you're having a spiral of emotions and for me, like I feel like almost like a monster. Like it's a whole other side of me that you just want to like keep trapped inside of you for so long and then when it comes out like it can be scary to not only like people around you but maybe like yourself because you're not expecting to react in the way that you do always and I I try and reflect on it afterwards and to see like what I could do differently next time but truly when you're in the moment of it it's as we mentioned, just like super uncontrollable. Yeah. When you said monster, the Hulk came to mind, which I like that because I love the Hulk. And like, I have thought that about myself, like, you know, it's like, it's a Hulk moment, like that, like all of this, like raw emotion just emerges from you and you like, I don't know what to do with it. Um, and yeah, it's very, it's very Hulk like, but in like, uh, in it, I don't know. I love the Hulk. So (laughs) yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it. So do you feel like your meltdowns have manifested the same before and after your diagnosis? Yeah, I've been having autistic meltdowns my whole entire life. But before my diagnosis, when I didn't know I was autistic, I had a lot of shame about them because I was viewing them like uh, a temper tantrum and I was like, why am I acting like this? Like, you know, I'm a teenager, I'm an adult. Why am I 
throwing things or like falling to the ground with like so much emotion and like hurt uh, like emotional hurt. Like, it's just so overwhelming. Like, why can't I process my emotions, quote unquote, like a normal person? And yeah, there was just like so much shame. Like it, it was like really, you know, I, I felt so bad. Like I felt really, yeah, just, just shame. Um, and like, it was so isolating. It's such an isolating experience. Like I didn't feel like I could go talk to people about it because, I didn't know anybody who experienced this and like the people in my life who witnessed my meltdowns uh, and, you know, before I knew I was autistic, like they were not in an emotional place to be supportive of me and they would kind of add on to the shame. Um, I kind of, it kind of feels like, you know, gaslighting myself, like I'm being so dramatic, like I'm doing this for attention or whatever, you know, but it's like, that was like the only possible explanations I could come up with, even though like in deep in my brain, like I knew that like, this was just me like expressing myself in a way that I had to. But now that I understand that I'm autistic, uh, that shame, I, I think I can say like, it's not really there much anymore when I do have meltdowns, I'm much more forgiving of myself because I now understand that's just how my brain works. And it's much easier for me to give myself space to have a meltdown. And my meltdowns are so much healthier than they used to be. You know, I'm not throwing things and breaking them anymore. And, you know, if I need to stim, they're like, healthy stims before, during my meltdowns, some of my stims were kind of self-destructive, um, which is another thing that I had shame about, but now, you know, I, I don't do that anymore. And that's something that I'm, I'm really grateful for and really happy about. How about you, Carly? Did your meltdowns manifest the same before and after you got your diagnosis, realized you're autistic? First, thanks for sharing, because I think some of the things that we share, especially revolving around our shame, can be really difficult. So I really appreciate your vulnerability. And for me, I feel like my meltdowns have been similar. I do think that they've changed over time, maybe based on my age, but definitely since receiving and recognizing my autism and receiving the diagnosis, I allow myself a lot of more, a lot more grace. And like you mentioned with the shame, I would have a lot of shame about my reactions and not understanding why I was reacting this way and no one else was. And now I'm able to really process it differently now and give myself the space to just ride the wave out that is needed in the moment. Um, when I was a kid, though, I definitely would probably just like carry on and not do those things where now I just have more awareness and more of that understanding of myself and I still probably don't discuss them with other people, but for me, it's not really about 
other people understanding me. It's about myself understanding. And like I said, just kind of reflecting and recognizing what I can do differently to maybe prevent the meltdown or how to even care for myself after. Thanks for sharing. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about how you can help somebody who's having a meltdown. And again, I'm not speaking for everyone, but for me, the best thing people can do while I'm having a meltdown or after, or if I'm about to have a meltdown is, you know, just listening and being understanding and withholding any judgment and just, um, holding space for me if they have it. Um, and also kind of following my lead in a way, you know, I don't like being touched if I'm having a meltdown. And then like during, sometimes I'll need a hug. It really depends on the type of meltdown I'm having. So it's really important to follow the lead of the person you're trying to support and just being there for them. If again, if you have the space, sometimes meltdowns can be really intense. And that's something that I've noticed, you know, if they're hard for us and I do recognize that they can be hard for the people who are around us. Do you have anything to add about that, Carly? I agree with you said, and just being patient with us, knowing that we're going to get through it. And it definitely is easier if we have the support that is just non-judgmental and really just supportive. Yeah. Another thing that came to my mind is processing time. Like I feel like for me as an autistic processing time is huge and like a meltdown is part of my processing time. So just like giving me the time to ride the wave and process what is happening to me. Like it, it can't be done for me. It's something that I just have to feel out and learn for myself. So yeah, that that's part of the, the giving the space and just kind of being there to help support. Mm, definitely. Like I had mentioned before, it's kind of like a spiral. So it can either spiral in or it can spiral out and it can continue to go back and forth. You know, sometimes as Alex mentioned with the processing time, you know, sometimes we can really perseverate on certain things and you just never know what each experience is going to be it's all going to be different so again as you mentioned you know sometimes you might need a hug during it and sometimes you just want to be left the hell alone yeah absolutely so after a meltdown is a whole nother thing so it's like the meltdown aftermath what's your experience carly so after a meltdown it is almost like a hangover feeling. I experience a lot of fatigue and just almost completely drained. I usually have to rest and whether that's if it's at nighttime, I'll just go to bed. But if it's during the day, even that means usually that I'll have to take a nap and just really almost do nothing you kind of mentioned the other day when you had yours I also prefer to just go into the dark I 
wear glasses. So I usually have to take my glasses off and just be like with the darkness almost and have no sensory input. What is your experience like with the aftermath of a meltdown, Alex? So for me, I agree with you. It's very much like a hangover. Like I usually have a really bad headache and I just feel very fatigued, very tired. Sometimes I feel nauseous. And if I have a meltdown at night, usually that fatigue and like that hangover feeling will carry over to the next day. Even if I have it like in the afternoon, the day before, like it's still, it's still with me. It's just like when you're in a meltdown, it's just such a low place. It's such a low vibration. And like, it's sometimes it's hard to bring yourself back up out of it. Um, I also have lowered executive functioning, um, both before and after a meltdown. So I'm more likely to be forgetful and unorganized and which is really annoying for me. Um, but again, I'm working on, you know, being kind to myself and, you know, kind of processing that shame that I felt although like nowadays I don't really have that shame anymore but before when I would have meltdowns before I knew I was autistic there would be a, a lot of shame and like that really added to that lowered feeling but um now that I understand that I'm autistic and meltdowns happen because of certain reasons I agree with you Carly like reflecting on kind of like what happened before my meltdown and things that maybe, maybe I could have done differently. Like when I had a meltdown the other day, since then I've been able to reflect on that meltdown and understand, you know, what led up to having the meltdown. And now this week I'm taking steps to you know, make sure that I have all my spoons going into each day. But yeah, kind of like going back to my Hulk analogy, it's kind of like when the Hulk wakes up and he's, I almost said he's Mark Ruffalo again, Bruce Banner again. <laughs> I also love Mark Ruffalo. But when the Hulk wakes up and he's Bruce Banner again, there's like that confusion, like he's not feeling great and he's kind of loopy and out of it in a way he doesn't know where he is like to kind of like being disoriented um having kind of like dissociation in a way just because you need to like distance yourself from yourself um and yeah I agree with you on like the low sensory input like going into a dark room with absolutely no noise and making sure you're super, super comfortable and having like your favorite, like one of your favorite activities, like I'll listen to a podcast. If I can do it, I'll watch TV. But a lot of times meltdowns will lead to like a migraine. So I won't be able to like look at light, but yeah, that probably covers it. Like I said, Every meltdown's different. Every experience is different. So from what I can recall, I also like kind of black out sometimes during meltdowns. So like I can't recall 
everything that happens and how I feel and like afterwards is kind of like all a blur. So I think I've picked out like the most notable parts of the experience. Thank you for sharing your experience. It is really appreciated for you to share every aspect of what you go through and I really appreciate it because it helps me not feel alone either like you said growing up we didn't really have people that maybe we could relate to and maybe we did but we just didn't know because when we feel these emotions that are paired with shame I think there's a lot of pressure to not feel them and to not share them with other people but sharing is what connects us so I really appreciate it thank you and as one of my favorite social workers says sharing your shame is really important and that's Brene Brown she researches shame so really if you're curious about shame I highly recommend her work it's helped me so much on my journey of personal growth highly recommend When you're recovering from a meltdown, Carly, I know um, I kind of covered some things, you kind of covered some things, but do you have anything to add about meltdown recovery? Well, for me, after I experienced the fatigue and the hangover of having to put away all senses and stimuli and whatnot, I generally will try and process the moment either with myself or if anyone's around then I'll process it with them and usually I'll do something that I enjoy like listening to a song that I like or pretty low energy coping skills that I might need to pull from like doing a meditation or doing yoga those things are really important for me to become regrounded and just as I mentioned being gentle on myself and allowing myself to recognize that it's over and I don't have to like keep replaying it in my head I think that's really important to process on it but not obsess over it or not put myself back into that place because that would be something I think that maybe I would have done maybe prior to my diagnosis but now I really give myself the space that it needs to just allow it to be what was and move on from it do you have anything to add yeah I really like how you brought up um like, you know, moving on, because I did used to perseverate on my meltdowns. And I agree with you finding that grounding again, and, you know, knowing those practices that help to get you grounded. Like, yeah, I also love doing yoga or some kind of movement, like going for a walk outside. Meditation has been also so, so helpful for me with regrounding myself you know, even like before I'm about to have a meltdown and I can tell it uh, really helps me if I meditate before, if I'm able to, um, that's super helpful. Breath work has been really helpful after a meltdown. Um, you know, like I said, I kind of dissociate afterwards. So practices to reconnect me 
with myself and, you know, find that friend within myself again and just connect to that self-love because that's so important to me. Um, and I love hugs after I have a meltdown. Um, just nice big hugs are awesome. And like, like I said, movement, depending on how I'm feeling is also really helpful. And I recently discovered sound healing and that practice is so grounding. You can listen to sound healing on Spotify. There's a lot of yoga studios and places that offer sound healing and sound bath. And if you're somebody who really likes the feeling of like live music or even just like the feeling of like music in your headphones, I highly recommend finding uh, an opportunity to do sound healing or a sound bath. It can be pretty intense, but it is a really wonderful experience. You can literally feel the sound on your skin, <laughs> which sounds so weird, but it's like being at a live concert, except it's a meditation. So that's something that's also very helpful for me. It's also one of my special interests. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to add about your experience, Carly? No, I agree. And I relate to a lot of what you say. Me and Alex are pretty similar in the way that we cope in, in a lot of our interests. So I don't want to be like too repetitive, but I definitely agree with the hugs and all the different mindfulness activities that we pull from our tool belt. So that's all that I have to say on that. I do really enjoy using like a weighted blanket and things like that, that we didn't mention before are really helpful for afterwards. And yeah, just regrounding is super important. Also, one more thing is like aromatherapy and peppermint oil has been so helpful for my post meltdown headaches. So if you experience that, maybe try, you know, smelling some peppermint oil, or if you get therapeutic grade peppermint oil, you can put it on your temples and that's really helpful too. Yeah. I second that. I just got some therapeutic um, grade oil from the farmer's market and I have been using it because I've been getting a little bit of attention headache just from, I, I don't know, life. So um, it's been, I see a lot of help from that. So I would recommend that as well. Well, that wraps up our episode, everyone. We hope that you're having a stellar week and we're so grateful for your presence with us and for just listening to our conversations. We are very excited to bring some guests onto our podcast going forward that is in the works. So we'll be sharing some other perspectives going forward. And we are so excited to do that. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. If you're listening to this after you've just experienced a meltdown or you feel like you're about to have a meltdown, know that we are with you in spirit and we're sending you all the good energy and you're not alone in this. And we thank you for listening and allowing us to not be so alone either. Grateful for you all. 
Bye. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.